I must admit that I was slightly affected by the scene at our doorstep that morning, pondering over how my level of energy on that day had somewhat attracted the unfavorable incident with a neighbor whom I barely had any chance yet to cordially greet since they moved in. In this episode, it's my intention to share with you how an unpleasant experience finally came full circle so that we can understand how life always throws us the very thing we need to learn. This was definitely one of those moments for me. We will dive right into that after this, so don't go anywhere. Welcome to Hello Authenticity Podcast. Insights that boost your courage to be who you are and beyond. It was a beautiful morning as I woke up on 4th of June to the beginning of a fresh new decade of my life. My son was already up hours earlier than I did, trying to surprise me with all the balloons the best he could. I had to sleep in a bit since I was busy baking till late the night before just so that we would have something nice to celebrate my birthday with. I got all dressed up to feel my best and was all set to have a wonderful and memorable weekend together with my son. As I was sipping my cup of coffee, right about 9.30 in the morning, the doorbell rang, which shocked the soul out of me every time, because for whatever reasons, the doorbell was just too loud to get used to. I went to the hallway with the keys and it felt as though something rather ominous was about to occur. I caught a glimpse of the hand holding a pair of silver green or golden heels from behind the blinds and instantly I knew who to expect, feeling confident that it was in relation to the conversation I've had the evening before. And sure it was, my new neighbor, since about three months ago, the wife was standing right there looking extremely crossed. Before I could even utter any words, she already began a verbal war, spewing all sorts of unkind words as I watched with fascination and amazement, her finger-pointing gestures and varied upset expressions, all while playing victim in her own projection of the incident. What on earth was that? I was thinking. My befuddled brain was still working out the logical side of things. Now, in a nutshell, the entire drama ended with her storming off, threatening to call the police, and in my most calmest composure, I had to holler at her to acknowledge her of this. By the way, you are very rude. What a horror. It didn't quite make much sense of what ideally had warranted such poor behavior from her. Now, let me explain. Since they moved in in February, I've had frequent feline visitors at our backyard garden, sniffing around and later scratching off our flower beds. Initially, it was not much of a fuss as I wondered how our garden had attracted these cats and its multiple who came regularly and thought it was rather harmless that they came, although it certainly felt intrusive to some extent. Lo and behold, as I finally decided to go outside and worked on my garden, where the grassy patch seemed to have grown up quite a bit, this was during the summer, I started to discover and understand the real reasons why these cats came and lingered around. The waft of unbearable smell filled my nose from one corner of our garden where the summer plants began to have colors and then a little more coming from the opposite side of it at the sandy, balding corner of the mini field next to the shed. There were cat feces everywhere. No wonder it stinked so bad. My goodness. It was on that day when I realized what exactly was I up against with this uninvited feline guest. 
The trouble with the neighbor took off to a whole new level as soon as I purchased the ultrasonic device to repel wild pets and planted that on the ground in our garden. The device, which emits harmless to human but ear-piercing sound detectable by cats apparently, did not please the new neighbor after all. When the husband came to our door the evening before and demanded that the device sound to be tuned out completely, which will render it ineffective to drive the cats away because they could not enjoy their garden during the summer weather. So I gathered he was not too happy to settle with tuning it down rather as I stood my ground on basis of the cat's feces claim. So I closed the door thinking that we have at least talked about this openly, but little did I know that their peace felt compromised and caused his wife's intense uproar who came that morning with her bizarre opening line of, I'm not as kind as my husband. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But who cares? I was thinking. No one should ever settle for threats like that. Now, something portrayed aggressively as such amounts to nothing but plain egoistic, inner weakness and low self-esteem. I must admit that I was slightly affected by the scene at our doorstep that morning, pondering over how my level of energy on that day had somewhat attracted the unfavorable incident with a neighbor whom I barely had any chance yet to cordially meet and greet since they moved in. And I didn't necessarily find what I did had violated the law nor anybody's rights, and I just knew I had to do something about it to address her lousy behavior. Now, unless I do, I'm not quite sure how to live next door as neighbors with an air of animosity and awkwardness each time we meet. So I was sitting there at the dining table the next morning, contemplating on that after an arguably restless day of the unpleasant encounter, when an inkling to write them a letter came to my mind. And I didn't wait too long. I grabbed my laptop and I started to type away. I just kept typing until I had about four long pages filled with my reflection of the conversation, which I hoped to have demonstrated my side of assertiveness to them. Now, bear in mind that I'm not proposing writing letters is an assertive approach. In fact, it's a much less preferred one than speaking face-to-face. Now, it can be an option, especially when you can't get through with a proper direct conversation with the other person. Without going into too much detail here about what I wrote to them in the letter, I've included the link to my full blog on this if you might be interested to read about it. So make sure to check it out. However, just to give you an idea, The entire theme of the letter was ideally based on empathy and respect without condoning her poor behavior. First, I made sure to provide them with the actual context within which my letter was intended to make sure they remembered what happened the day before. This includes clarifying the objective of my letter, which was to breach understanding rather than simply being self-righteous. And then I also tried to create a leverage to talk about the wife's behavior by bringing my child into the picture who was present at the time of the incident so that they understood it was a terrible example to showcase to children and more importantly was to get their attention. It's only after I've done all this that I went into pointing out the different scenes that took place in that unpleasant situation and my perspective on them. Throughout my letter, I have made sure to acknowledge their overall reactions and where they were coming from so that they would not feel blamed in return. And that will only make things worse than it already was. So I ended the long letter saying this, 
Thank you for taking your precious time to read this through till the end. I hope this is also an indirect manner to bridge a sincere understanding what neighbors are for and can be, and also the importance of effective communication to human relationships and connection. Now, I wonder if I have been a little too philosophical with my approach, but anyway. It felt good to have written my thoughts down on paper and got them printed out, ready to be dropped into their post box. My son and I suggested that we could do that together and when we arrived at their doorstep, I had to smile when I saw the message on their doormat saying, you shall not pass. For what would have normally been just a nice welcome by most households, I presumed. Now, perhaps I was passing judgments here, but it just had to remind me of that indelible first impression of this neighbor that truly had given me the opportunity to assert and stand up for myself. My son put the letter in and we walked home. Whether they did eventually read the letter or not, I decided to let that go because I knew that I have done the right thing to honor and respect myself. Now, having done that, I felt an immense gratitude enveloping me, giving me not only an opportunity to practice assertiveness, but also the chance to share this story and educate others to be willing to defend their rights respectfully without breaching the rights of others. Being assertive is a truly healthy way of communicating and connecting with people in a much deeper and engaging sense. As much as I felt way better and honestly justified delivering that letter I wrote to them, I have not come into much contact with them ever since, even though they live next door. Well, except their two or three cats oftentimes still come as uninvited garden guests. I've met the husband once when he coincidentally arrived home right about the same time we were home after picking up my son from the childcare, but he scurried off pretty awkwardly with his bike and disappeared into his backyard. As weird as it felt to observe what happened, which is neighbors being unfriendly and hostile, I was simply glad if I didn't have to start any conversation with either one of them ever again. That worked fine until I realized what I was actually doing. I was avoiding them, even though I was not in the wrong. Until about three days ago, it certainly did look like I'd been given the chance to see this whole standoff with my neighbor under a different light. As I parked my car coming home from a nice haircut, it started to rain and hail that morning. It was 10.30 a.m. and I had tons of things to get done for the day. And once I was inside my home, I received an SMS notice that I have a missed FedEx delivery that morning. For whatever reasons, the most awaited delivery always comes at the most inconvenient time or when I am literally not at home like that morning. So I walked over towards the front door expecting a FedEx note telling me whether where my package has been redirected to or left at. Thinking of that, I was muttering to myself, oh, please don't let it be them. And right about the next moment, I had to let this out. Oh no, really? You must be kidding me. As you could probably imagine, I began to feel uneasy about the idea of heading over to them to collect my package, although it was a kind gesture of them to accept the delivery on my behalf. I went pacing back and forth, trying to calm myself and felt genuinely ridiculous to be that way. Yet one thing was clear, if I overthink it and delayed my action, it might just get even harder from here. In addition to that, I would likely waste some of my productive and creative hours on them in my headspace again. 
So that was a huge no. So I told myself, you better get going now, get it done and be over with. I strapped my usual puffy winter jacket on and went over to their doorstep. As I walked past their front windows, I was sure it was the angry wife who was home and without looking, I was thinking, great, here comes the test of my lifetime. As I rang the doorbell, I tried not to look awkward. The wife who appeared at the door shortly after looked completely different than when I last saw or remembered her. She was like any typical woman I would meet on the street with a simple smile across her face. Is this your package? She asked. I nodded and she handed me my package. I returned the smile and replied, thank you for accepting my package. Have a nice day. You too, have a nice day. And she waved and closed the door. That was a rather pleasant exchange, much better than I have imagined it to be. Whether I would meet them both next time, this serves as a closure to a five-month-long inner chatters about how our last horrid encounter and what horrible new neighbors I got, especially whenever their cats visited. But more importantly, all this aside, it has directly and indirectly taught me a couple of valuable lessons that I'm about to share with you here. So the first one is, anger is not only a disempowering emotion, but a very damaging one. And I'm sure, or at least I hope you know how anger works, when the wave of anger surges inside of you, you can feel your blood boiling. And if you have no competence to tame it, you will feel rather impulsive to retaliate, blame, or simply lash out. You might lose your logical sense, becoming more narrow-minded, and starting to paint everything in an obnoxious shade and tone. The energy through anger can be so powerfully damaging when you don't hold the reins. It can ruin connections and relationships for you, both with yourself and others. Plus, it creates such an ugly impression of you. Remember, there is no second chance in creating the first impression with people. This first impression will be etched in their memory of you that forms the foundational condition to understand if you are even worth spending time with. This initial impression will continue to stay until more merits are demonstrated enough to diminish it. It is no doubt harder to change how people think of you than it is to learn how to control and master your own emotions. Secondly is don't conclude anything about anyone just because of one unpleasant experience. This point follows perfectly from the previous, but consider this from the perspective of the angry person instead. Assume that they felt really bad about what happened, yet meanwhile, their first impression was, however, a done deal, whether they like it or not. We all have heard before that we should never done unto others what we do not wish to be done unto ourselves. If you are the angry person hoping to redo the scene and make it better, you would probably cry. That's not the real me. I just lost control of my anger and I'm really sorry about it. That's just another way of saying, don't jump into conclusions about me based on that one-time incident. The thing is this, it is only human nature to refuse to budge when you are the recipient of the angry behavior. But as the doer, at some point, you would yearn for an understanding from the counterparty. You might ask why, and the answer is, at the core, we are all the same and we simply progress at different pace. So, how do we resolve this deadlock? Firstly, know that even the first impression was just your own perspective of the person, formed by the conditions in those brief moments of intense interactions. 
Arguably, as conditions change, the first impression can be as good as obsolete. It's only rigid due to our own obstinance to welcome new perspectives to stay safe from the similar experience. So subconsciously, it works like a survival coping mechanism. And secondly, it takes one person to ditch the egoic way of surviving and start seeing the good in others under any given circumstances. Be willing to be the person to give others the benefits of a doubt when no one would. And never hold grudges as it torments you more than anyone else eventually. And last but not least, you cannot permanently avoid something that you find reluctant to face. You might manage to ease your way out of it many times before, but it does not mean that you can forever avoid it. It will come into your experience when the time is right as how the universe sees fit to nudge you and help you learn. And haven't you noticed, the longer you delay it, the more challenging it gets. It may also be wrapped under different contexts, but rest assured, you will understand how to connect the dots looking back. The universal force only interrupts when you literally brush off the umpteenth times to voluntarily face it on your own. And this is all good news. Avoiding difficult situations is not the way to live your life, whereas learning, growing, and expanding our human experience is. On the larger scheme of things, these awkward and nerve-wracking events are very important means for our human evolution. You play a part in it. And what this tells me then is that you matter. These so-called challenges or obstacles in life come in various skills and settings, whether locally at home, at work, in the society or community or globally. We tend to get mired in the complexity of its presentations, unable to see through the basic universal laws and principles at play. And when we can see past our differences, life itself is a wonderful and precious experience to treasure. Let the smog subside and you will discover the beauty behind the veil. So thank you once again for tuning in and staying till the end with me here. I hope this episode today enlightens you about the best way of communicating with each other on how to resolve conflicts involving emotions and realize that at the end of the day, we just have to take the lesson that life has for us in this way and keep being a better version of ourselves. Should you have any feedback on this week's podcast, please feel free to email me at info at iridescentzeal.com. I'd appreciate any thoughts you have to make this podcast even better and valuable for you. Until next week, I am Adeline. Take care and speak to you again soon.